to episode six of Off the Charts podcast with me, Maria Coughlin. And me, Brian O'Sullivan. We're back. We're back, baby. Ah, oh, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're here all week. Oh my God, it's, it's, it's been a while. It's been a minute. I know, it's been a minute. It's probably been longer than we would have wanted. However, you know, masterpieces take time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been about three minutes. <laughs> uh yeah it's taken a while um but we have lives unfortunately and we have to live them so yeah it's so unfortunate to have a life <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your patience you'd all be great doctors you've great patients hey <laughs> i just i don't want to do this anymore i just realized <laughs> yeah let's leave let's leave let's let's call it here call it here uh episode number six um what would that be in bingo terms pick up sticks number six all the twos Number six. No, stop. Uh, we we're back for the second installment of Off the Charts. However, we are continuing on. We're picking up where we left off and we're picking up with number six. So, uh, yeah, well, let's just catch up with you for a moment. How have you been? Me? Yeah. Oh, sure. How, we how, never how, talk. How, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of talking to you. Uh, yeah, I've been good. I've been I've been living my life. I've been... Uh, working yeah works works got mad like the world has gotten back to normal and yeah things don't things don't stop the world mm. keeps going so i don't have any intricate details of my life but uh life has been fine if that Good. makes if that's okay how 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 are you how's how's maria doing how's little maria <laughs> how's the little maria inside how is the crazy voice in your head <laughs> it's still talking to me every day uh no everything's good everything's good life is busy um i guess the the upcoming nuptials uh, are probably at the forefront of my mind um but yeah no everything's everything's going fine and within a matter of of a few short weeks i will be oh a my missus. God. i'll be a missus yeah oh my god the missus huh the missus <laughs> the missus the old ball and chain yeah, that's it then Gone. You're gone, then. <laughs> oh my god! Honestly, like we have to pick. Actually, just on on that, we have to pick our mass readings. And um, I was looking through all of them to see which one we might pick. And like some of them are really kind of maybe like the language is so rich that you're like, I'm not really sure what that reading is actually about. And then other ones are like really sweet, and you're like, oh, that's so relatable. One of the readings was like, a good wife is obedient. <laughs> The perfect wife is always charming. A good wife is always <laughs> modest. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, what about the husband? Wow, they are on point here. This is amazing. <laughs> I was like, why, why is all the pressure on us to be, oh, like you have to be, you know, you have to be modest, but like, don't be too modest, but like be charming too, to be likable, basically. <laughs> be just be perfect wife. Make sure you're just always, always supporting your husband. I was like, I know, lads. It's 2023. <laughs> Be like a wave in the ocean. Just do everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> do less. Do less. Do less. No, you got to do no, more than that. No. Pop, up. Pop, up. Pop, up. Pop, up. Pop up. No, do less. <laughs> Honestly, that's what it felt like when I was reading. I was like, oh my God, it's do more, do less. Just be be, be perfect. But anyway. I personally am excited for your notions because if that's not in it, I'm going to be so fucking angry no it's definitely not in it and believe me there's, ah. some beautiful, there's some beautiful readings do not get me wrong beautiful isn't funny <laughs> that particular one now is like I think maybe this one might need to be stricken from the register but anyway I'm I'm, I'm clearly a, I'm a huge fan <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, anyway, look, we'll Moving get on, on with things. We'll move on swiftly. On this week's episode, we chat with Killian Byrne, who is one half of the band Baskerville. Baskerville are a Wexford-based band, uh, and it consists of two brothers, Killian and Larkin. Um, I was racking my brain when I was listening to them, trying to compare them to someone who, like the listener, hasn't, if the listener hasn't heard of Baskerville before, I, I always like just kind of drawing some bit of a comparison to see what kind of genre they are. And like, even during the interview, we had a big conversation with Killian trying to establish their genre. <laughs> and but alas, it cannot be done. It cannot be done. But what, what we narrowed it down to was basically folk rock. And there's there's a bit of blues in there as well. And like, they're very, oh, like, how, how could you even describe them? Yeah, honestly, it's really, really difficult to describe their actual music. Um, but vocally, uh, I suppose Killian would probably be the main vocalist. I sort of hear a little bit of like that warbly, like David Gray kind of sound, like the the lead singer of REM. That, yes, like, yes. That, that that kind of tone in his voice. But I mean, that's no good as just as telling you. You know, you need to just go and listen to it. But like they are the type of they're the type of duo that if you went to see them play in especially in like an intimate venue or something like that, like you'd be able to hear a pin drop. They've just they've just got such maturity about them. And I think, you know, they're real storytellers and they've got a real like deep focus on like the themes running through their music. They're just, I would say, a really refreshing listen. And I like as well what you said there is if someone asks you like oh what are they like just go listen that's that's all you need just go and listen like they're incredible storytellers their lyrics are absolutely amazing and they're not subjected to like one box of this is the genre because like they brought out uh, a project that consists basically of spoken word poetry yeah and not everybody can do that like no no, some people did that it'd be like well that's a bit weird whereas they can obviously play a little bit they're they're obviously able to experiment it just shows their range. They got shows their versatility for days. For days. For days. Uh, so yeah, we we <laughs> caught up with Killian, um, and we started out by asking him about his background, himself and Lorcan growing up in a big musical family. Yeah, um, f- well, five brothers, including the two of us, um, but it was yeah, very musical. Um, there were instruments lying around. There were toys, I guess, up until uh, a point. And then um, he used to annoy your bro- older brothers to give us guitar lessons and stuff. So they kind of maybe show you like the opening rift and nothing else matters. And then nice. Get out of the room. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, up, up, up down, up. We get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and are you two, are you and Lorcan the youngest of the of the five? Yeah. Yeah. We're um, yeah as close to perfection as the parents got. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped after you they're like that is done <laughs> take four and five that's it <laughs> uh no no we're the we're the, the runs of the litter <laughs> right were you closer in age maybe than the other brothers um yeah we would be closer in age uh the kind of tree the tail end basically all the <laughs> all the mistakes <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> that were rolled out um but uh, yeah, we were all always very musical and from a young age kind of committed to um, committed to that kind of thing. And so when or how did Baskerville come about? What does Baskerville mean, by the way? And are we saying it right? 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I am fair play. You're not calling us baseball or basketball or <laughs> yeah, you've had it all. Um, it's it's the Sherlock Holmes thing. Um, to be honest, it's not much deeper than I like the name of it. We like the sound of the name, and um, it looks good. It sounds like a thing. So yeah, that was it. Yeah, very unique. And when when you were kind of setting this up, like, was it a very natural progression into it, or like, like, was there ever other brothers involved in it? And then you said, "No, get out! It's just us two. Or like, what happened? <laughs> no, we never did any like Kelly family things. The only time the brothers ever all five played together, I think, was like our, our parents' anniversary so anniversary oh. thing in a marquee, and we played one song. And then oh, we would never do it again. <laughs> That's so cute. Because of the rehearsals, not because of the performance. Yeah. <laughs> and did you play Nothing Else Matters or was it a nice oh, song? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Metallica medley. <laughs> yeah, so uh, am I right in saying that you're recently back from doing a tour? Yes. Can you tell us about that? Where did you go? Who were you uh, with? Were you headlining or were you sporting or what was the whole? Well, it was actually, we, um, we do... I, I would say equally, prob- probably now, like 80% of of our musical endeavours are are with um, uh, an artist, you've probably heard of Susan O'Neill. Yep. So that's, we're kind of writing and recording and we're her live band. And um, so we've had a, that kind of start two years ago, kind of the start of the lockdown. It was the, the sanity saving um, thing that came about. Um, yeah, and that's been just amazing from from the very start. So we were out on tour with that for the last two months, maybe. And it was, yeah, great to be wrecked again. Definitely great to be back after the whole COVID fiasco. We do not like talking about COVID on this podcast, but we kind of have to, <laughs> <laughs> we have to <laughs> reference it. Oh, my God. But um, yeah, how, how long was the, was the tour and was it just around Ireland? It was just around Ireland. Um, I, I think it was spread out over two months, maybe, but it was pretty, pretty intense and pretty full on. But um, yeah, all the all the best venues, as in all the venues run by the sound people. Oh, lovely! <laughs> and um, yeah, it was great, really, really nice. We kind of did a bit of research, and we were looking um to see that when aside from Baskerville that yourself and your brother actually went on the road and performed with bands for certain well-known Irish acts is that true yeah um don't be afraid to name drop now <laughs> you can name drop whoever you want all the big names <laughs> or don't name drop anyone and keep keep it for yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah. um well we're kind of um long-standing members of Colin McAnumra's band well long like a couple of years now um, doing studio stuff and live stuff with him so that's that's amazing the the hardest part about that gig is trying not to cry on stage every time, every time the man puts uh bow to the string um, um yeah well, he, well yeah he's amazing um lovely lovely guy um we're really good mates with alva Reddy, so we kind of on and off again worked with her um we, funny thing, we we usually for some reason end up whenever we like uh, at events and stuff. We show up wearing the same clothes. That's, that's, 
That pink she... jumpsuit is a showstopper. I was just going to say, I was like, I hope she, <laughs> yeah. she comes up wearing a miniskirt and a, and a top, and you're like, the same thing again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we meet we meet somewhere in the middle of the spectrum, you know. Um, which, well, it's funny you should say that, but we actually like I was wearing jumpsuits for some of the shows. With... <laughs> we did we did another voices thing down in Cork, and. Um, yeah, jumpsuits. And then we did we did the late late with her, and uh, they did Lorcan. They did like we had violent eye makeup on. Lorcan basically looked like a cat, but they put him in the shadows, like like you would a cat, I guess. And uh, <laughs> you couldn't see it, but it was hilarious. Like yeah, the pure hack of us. So out of all the the touring with um, Declan and Alva and everything, was there anything you took away from? Obviously, your, yourself and your brother are Baskerville. Is there anything you took away from those gigs that you brought back into your own band? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, um, le- lessons in how to be... Pr- like, Susan's amazing at being um, just fully present in every moment. Like, it, it takes... Um, y- if you're not there, you you whatever, like meditation is a very, very loose term, but you will meditate on some thought to get yourself in the headspace. And actually usually having a a uniform of some descript is a great um, tool for getting you in that headspace. You put it on, that's your, you just put your work clothes on. You're like, right now I'm, I'm ready to go to go to work. Lovely, um, yeah. but, but even just in terms of, yeah, the more you play, the, the just yeah the better you get and the more you play with different artists um it it, it all is stored there subconsciously and it comes out at some point in in whether you want it to or not so is your hope to make people cry then as soon as you put string to bow after your experience as a column <laughs> well yeah i mean yeah um making people cry is because i'm crying way. already i'm crying already <laughs> don't say another word yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Killian, the just to to move on to talking about um your albums and your EPs and and I'll come to the big thing now in a minute, which is your your new independent label, or maybe it's not so new, but in 2016 you released your debut EP that's Blues and Red. First of all, is Blues and Red still in the stratosphere? Where where can it be found or can it be found? Because we were trying to you know, listen to everything that you've put out there and uh, we, we couldn't seem to find it on Spotify or Bandcamp. We we're just wondering maybe that's not part of your sound anymore. Um, That's that's a, yeah, that's a funny one. It It is, it, it's re-recorded on the album. Um, We basically, yeah, that EP did, did uh, a lot for us, but I think the way we pr- produced it and we let ourselves push yourselves in it and 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 um other influences push us into like the post hosier um stream so that those comparisons started to get thrown around by some lovely um uh, critics so we just we we disliked that feeling enough to to not put it actually not put it up on spotify or to do that and and to just go and um yeah yeah that's fair enough i mean you two are driving the ship here. You've got to be happy with whatever direction you take. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel f- 
fully honest. It was enjoyable, but it didn't feel fully honest. And the more time passes, the more you realize that and feel that. Um, and just didn't want to end up in like 10 years from now, just being because once enough people peg you as that, that's what you are. And it's it's kind of an impossible thing to shirk, it, it would seem. So we tr- tried to cut that cord before <laughs> we ended up there. Dead right, fair play. Yeah, because it, it is like short, I think, and it's always just short, short-term success of some kind. And it, um, to be perfectly honest, I think it's 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 largely um, yeah, a label will push you into that, and that's sort of what happened because it's a short-term money grab, and that is what happened too. <laughs> we mm. had a couple of years of frustration with a, a London label, and then left that, and as you said, set up our own our own label. And yeah, then, tell us about that. Like you kind of sort of dipped into already like why it was important for you to do that. But like, how did you feel about making that move? Did you feel already that you had the skills to do it? Or was it kind of like, a OK, we're completely blind in the dark here. We're just going to go for it and just feel it out as we go. Um. Well, it, it, it was. A, yeah, I guess it was a gradual realization that um you had everything. Either you had the skills necessary already to do it or um, you know, YouTube's a hell of a a hell of a tool <laughs> <laughs> just google how to do something but it um yeah i guess it's 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 less a, a well a label i guess a label is a leading term in in that people picture something specific when you say a label it's more of a pr- production house at this point like we we have spent a lot of time oh like over the last five years really getting the grips with recording our own gear and then later mixing it recording our own music sorry and then mixing it and uh, a lot of help from some great people um darren nolan um asta Kalata, who done like yeah so many of the uh like indie folk records that done really well over like alva's first two eps and he kind of just at the start of the lockdown basically he we had a zoom call with him he just did a master class and that was yeah just open up doors because you know your ear knows what it wants to hear and you're like i know what i want to do but i don't know why or how i'm doing it once you put those things things together it's sort Mm. of yeah it all starts to fall into place yeah it's not it's not magic you know it's it's simple maths at the end of the day really yeah and so when you so since setting up your own label or your production house you've then went on to do a second EP, which I think we'll touch on in a little while, and your album, Hymns to the Air, which, by the way, is absolutely brilliant. Like, we've like but we've listened to it informally, and obviously, you know, as we got closer to and closer to our chat, we would have been listening to it again, and it's just like, God, I just probably, I'm going to start, by the way, I think I saw you in 2020 for possibly some Culture Ireland um, virtual gig, and uh, I remembered there was a song and I couldn't remember what the name of the song was. And I found it then, obviously, later. Lost Dogs. I love Lost Dogs. Oh, right. No, yeah. Good. And it's yeah. it's quite different to the other tracks on the album. But um, Lost Dogs and Do Love Blues and Red and um, Wanting More. I think those are my two favorites. But um, when you, with your own label now, going towards releasing Hymns to the Air, like, how was it having that autonomy over all the tracks? And, you know, did you feel 
that you had the freedom to explore different sounds or do you feel that there's like a common sound that runs through it or not even sound just a theme yeah I think there was a yeah there were common themes that ran through it um it's it's mad now that I, I sit and try to conjure those themes it's really it's quite difficult um because yeah as soon as you do it you sort of you mentally move on and you're you occupy all the other rooms in your brain that that basically you didn't have time to go and um dwell in um it, it was i get a lot a lot of that was um kind of de- dealing with expectation of the self and it was like processing a lot of the um the stuff with the label and just time and age and all the complications that arise from when you put those two things together <laughs> poured your heart out into the album i like that yeah it was pretty it was pretty honest but at the same time like i used to have a, a terrible habit of um like doing a bonnie Vare on it and uh, being pretty abstract to the point of being unintelligible <laughs> have, you, have you ever i have recently um learned the lyrics to holocene I don't know if you've ever lyric, uh, Googled the lyrics to Holocene, but no. it sounds beautiful, but I haven't a clue what the man is saying. <laughs> <laughs> haven't a banana. Yeah, that's the, the great brain. thing about it. They're just vehicles for the, for the emotion and all that. Yeah, because like even that album and your newest EP again, which we'll touch on in a minute, they're extreme. Like the only word me and Marie could really um come down to is it's a it's unique it is very very unique and like even we were trying to have a chat before you came on and we were talking like trying to put you into no we obviously don't want to put you into a category but we're trying to explain your genre to like the person that's never heard of you before Mm -hmm. so like someone that's listened to this podcast that has never heard of basketball before but wants to listen what would you describe your genre as because i have four or five i've like indie bit of folk bit of rock bit of blues there's a bits of everything in there. So what would you describe yourself? Um, I think we always settle on folk rock. Yeah, probably. Just folk. Lorcan always jokingly says, um, night folk. Night. <laughs> what about today, folk? <laughs> night, nighttime folk music, um, which I always, yeah, always enjoy. <laughs> Or hipster sting, as was was oh, referred to on today. <laughs> That's you know the hilarious thing about that is that part part one of our side hustles until recently was playing in a police tribute act. Really? And I was sting, yeah. So Stop it obviously it. comes out. <laughs> Can't help it. Yeah, always get sting and Peter Gabriel for for whatever reasons. Oh, I love that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh God, take Peter Gabriel all day. That's there. class. But like, so you've kind of determined what your sound is. But where, I suppose, what made the two of you decide on that as your sound? Or has it always been that kind of genre that you've fallen in love with and you've played growing up? Or did you decide on it recently in the last couple of years? Or or how did that all come about? Yeah, it's it's definitely the stuff we always loved growing up. Um, we were, well, the older brothers kind of, caught the tail end of all the um Seattle stuff and would have lived through a lot of that. So 
as as young men um so we got all of that secondhand and that's what we grew up on and then a lot of folk music like tons and tons of Joni Mitchell and oh, uh, lovely yeah jo- Joni's my very sad <laughs> Joni's my everything um and James Taylor guys like that so yeah I guess it, it yeah the, the this stuff always felt um that type of music always felt the most cathartic to me and we i think we got quite orchestral almost in the middle around around hymns to the air i think and we were yeah we were just having fun i guess yeah there's a part in in calvary maybe the part that you think it's maybe coming to an end and then just oh, like yeah, yeah. into this orchestra. Yeah, that was that was mostly Lorcan. Yeah, but he's not here, so you can say it was you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you like it, say it's you. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's all me. Um, but oh, sorry, sorry. Actually, it, it, we're slowly moving back into uh, folk rock. Um, well, I think we're fully there, but just that sort of we've stopped. And doing anything other than doing exactly what we want to do, which is trashy folk rock. I love that you have the you're 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 your own boss. No, you don't answer to anyone. You can do what you want. I like that because I think a lot of bands and artists are probably under that that iron fist that they have to go in a certain direction, which can obviously affect them in certain ways. And maybe, as you said, it might give them short term success, but they mightn't be happy about it. So fair play. You were talking there about him to the air, so. You had you, you brought out him to the air, but your latest EP, the Intelligent Tree, is very very different uh, to him to the air. Obviously, it's like spoken word poetry with a bit of music added. Is is that was that just a project that you worked on, or is that the direction you're looking at going in as a band? And um, that was that was very much just a project that we were working on. Um, we got together with two two of the best writers in the country, Stephen James Smith and uh, Peter Murphy, a.k.a. Kirsten Murphy. And we had a bit of a residency in the in the opera house here in Wexford. Um, so they were kind enough to give us a room for, um, I think it was two months or something, we set up and we just invited whoever wanted to come in and we would just either just, you know, chat or we would make music. And uh, Stephen came in and we just sat down and he spoke two poems and we just played what happened. And we just, you know, set up mics in the room and then just press record and, and those two things happened. Um, yeah, and it was just, it was, it felt right and it felt good. So we just, we put it out. Like that, did you compose that music in advance to him or did you just start playing something like off the bat when he started? Yeah, we just started playing um we we studied music down in, in waterford um and we both studied jazz down in waterford but especially lorkin's a, a big a big jazz head big jazzer so he's just he's got that in the back pocket um, and we love like um yeah we, like we used to play in a lot of cover bands and we would never rehearse <laughs> or kind of learn <laughs> so we got quite uh, quite addicted to uh, living on the edge. Adrenaline <laughs> <laughs> junkies. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it can, it can, and sometimes does go horrifically wrong. <laughs> so 
So it keeps it interesting. Uh, you touched there on the National Opera House. That was actually my, my next question. How did that actually come about that you got a residency there? And like, do, have you, did you play there a lot or did you know someone or how did that all come about really? Well, um, I came about through um, the arts officer down in the southeast, Liz Burns, um, who facilitated the whole thing. And basically, um, for anyone out there in the southeast who is listening, potentially, um, if you did the opera house are obliged to give you a room, all you have to do is go ask and basically provide some character references. Um, they might not, or, or sorry, they might not, uh, you know, be the best at making that public knowledge. But that is the case. So you just have to go ask, basically, and um, annoy them until they give you room. That's that's <laughs> what we do. So first, first step: residency in National Opera House. Next step: residency in Vegas. Although that's probably not what you want. That's probably not the kind of scene. I don't know. You like. just, just bring him and keep annoying him. It, it worked once. Keep annoying. It's fine. It worked. Yeah. It worked for Elton. It'll be fine. Absolutely. I've got some sparkle dresses in the in the, the bus. Um. So look, we'll we'll have a final question before we go on to our next segment. So just for Baskville looking into the future, um, we hear you're working on a new album, um. Is that true? And if so, what can we expect? Would it be something like your previous album? Um, and just going forward, will there be a tour? Can you tell us anything about it? Yes, there is an album happening where um it's pretty much it's pretty much written and it's maybe like fifty percent recorded. Um we're in the middle of that. When we get the time, we jump back into it and we we tinker away. Um yeah, super, super proud of what we're doing super excited about it uh, but we're taking our time and um seeing if we can't get someone else to put it out and pay for it you know of course <laughs> <laughs> not not necessarily not necessarily label but um yeah all the other all the other avenues uh yeah it's 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 sort of it's again folk folk rock with um like a cinematic twist yeah we're, we're kind of very enamored with the idea of um high energy rock but with um acoustic instrumentation mm. and have you so, got a title for it i don't know whether i've read it somewhere or i think we're going with no, uh, nothing surprises okay there's going to be plenty of surprises isn't there <laughs> it's ironic <laughs> yeah it's like there's so many surprises that we're just not surprised anymore <laughs> Um, so look, we're going to move on to our um, our little game. Uh, I'm not sure how much I explained this game in our in our communication with you, but uh, this game is called Serious or Silly. All right, be entertained, be not entertained. <laughs> uh, but in this game, you have to answer three questions, and you get to pick whether they're serious or silly. Uh, so we're first of all, of we are fond of silliness. <laughs> rule number one: there are no rules, and rule number two. You must pick one of each. And then the third is your choice. Okay. So for, for your first question, would you like to pick a serious question or a silly question? Um, I have to pick silly now. <laughs> After the oh my God. He's <laughs> he's one of us. <laughs> okay. I'm sort of relieved in a way, and I'll tell you why afterwards, that it's just you on this podcast. Because for this question, um, it might get awkward. So <laughs> if you could replace Lorcan in the duo. <laughs> 
if you could replace Lorcan in the duo of basketball, which of your other brothers would you choose and why? No offense, Lorcan. <laughs> well, maybe offense. We'll see what he says. Yeah, offense, <laughs> offense intended. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, who would you pick? I was going to say Trent Reznor, but no. <laughs> Is he your brother? <laughs> he might be. That's what I'm banking on. Um, um, I would pick my brother, my brother Ronan, because he's the uh, he's the master of the he's the, he's the only one that never like properly. Well, he did play in a couple of bands and stuff, um, but the rest of us kind of gave the the serious thing a go at some at one point or another. But he's the master of riffs that are so bad they're good. <laughs> Especially like, um, yeah, just like mind-numbingly abstract metal riffs. So I go with Ronan. The Ronan's your guy. The reason yeah. I was afraid that would be awkward was I was afraid. I'm super emotional. So I was like, I was like, Brayton, what if Killian picks one brother? And then I was like, what if Lorcan picks another brother? And I was like, what about the brother that doesn't get picked? <laughs> <laughs> and Brayton was like, Shut up! <laughs> That'll make it funnier. So now Absolutely. everybody's okay. <laughs> right, go on, Reen. You take the next one. So, just for the game, uh, your next question will be a serious question, and then the third question you can um, you can ask for a serious facility. So, serious question. Since the beginning of Baskerville, have you had to learn any lessons the hard way? Um, yes um, <laughs> it might seem like a silly uh, <laughs> no it's a serious <laughs> question <laughs> don't you dare don't very you dare cross question very serious answer um, always keep at least two more cattle leads than you think you're going to need okay <laughs> I feel like there's a story here <laughs> <laughs> well, well they just go missing um, and it's yeah it's like somebody took mine, so I'm going to take this one, basically. <laughs> Finders, keepers, losers suck. It's definitely one of your brothers. <laughs> I didn't get to be in the band. I'm taking one of your leads. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've answered one silly, one serious. So the third question is up to you. Would you like a serious or a silly? Let's, let's go silly. It's a trend. Everyone seems to go for two cities. So... Uh, yeah, I'll take this, Maria. So, would you rather be trapped in a romantic comedy with your enemies or in a horror movie with your best friends? Um, oh. And explain your answer. <laughs> Always explain. Discuss. Always explain. Leaving cert, discuss. Quit <laughs> at. Um... See, horror, the spectrum of horror is very, very broad. Like really gory, like uh, like uh, Saw type horror. Not, oh, okay. not like 90s horror, like I know what you did last summer. That's that's easy stuff. Not like this. Go! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I, I'm going to have to pick the... Well, well, you know, like the, the horror of, of um, romance is very real also. <laughs> oh, oh, I like that. <laughs> There's definitely a story there, but we won't get into it. <laughs> yeah, um, my girlfriend won't like that, but um, <laughs> was not expecting that. Yeah, I, I swear, I, I, I love you, Laura. Um, 
I would take I would take the yeah the romantic the romantic comedy with my enemies. Yeah, because realistically, it's going to end well. Exactly. Yeah, but you hate those well. people, but you hate them, so it's not really I going do. to end well. Yeah, I would um, um, double like date behind their back and stuff like that, and <laughs> then it turns turn into it, a horror. I, I'd find some way to turn it into a horror, basically. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. you get your friends in, and then everyone's there, so it's fine. So it's like real life. Yeah. I'd I'd bring them on dates, and I would uh, make them listen to me talk about my pedal board. <laughs> there you go. In our final segment, Larkin, or sorry, oh, in our final segment, Killian, I'm sorry. It's the other one. I'm it's looking at you, one. but I was thinking about Larkin. I'm really sorry. Uh, in our final segment, we invite the artist to perform their own rendition of uh, like a well-known song, like a piece of music from a TV, like a theme song, piece of music from radio, film, ads, anything at all. So it can include jingles or whatever. So, Killian, have you prepared something for us today? And it can be short and sweet. Have you got something that you might be able to do for us? Um, yes. It can be a cappella. It can be with an instrument. <laughs> or an orchestra in the background. Whatever. <laughs> it's um, something we used to play in the, um, the covers band that always went down uh, a storm. <laughs> oh, good. And we love when you don't tell us what it is at the very start so we'll try and guess it yeah some people stand in the darkness afraid to step into the light some people need to help somebody when the angels surrender don't you worry You know you'll be alright Cause I'm always ready I won't let you out of my sight And I'll be ready I'll be ready Baywatch, Baywatch? Class. it took class. you a minute, Maria. It, it took did. you a minute. <laughs> and the pressure to figure out what it is. Oh, you you added a bit of class now to that one. That was amazing. You know, when it got turned into the DJ remix there back in the noughties, it was like, ooh. <laughs> that was really nice. So that was our chat with Killian Byrne, one half of the Baskerville duo. If you like what you heard and you want to find out more about Baskerville, their handle is at Baskerville. That's B-A-S-C-I-V-I-L-L-E. Well, you're good at spelling. (laughs) Spelling me champion. Y-E-S. Y-E-S, yes. Uh, and if you want to find them on any of the streaming platforms, you can find them on Spotify or anywhere else that you get your music.
And if you like us for some weird reason, uh, you can <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at Off the Charts Podcast, and we are also on any streaming platforms at Off the Charts Podcast. Also, so yeah, that was episode six. Um, I'm happy we did this. I'm happy we came back. I know, me too. I honestly, it it felt like it felt like a a nice break, but I'm glad to be back. It's too and long. I'm sure I'm sure all of our listeners are just. Dying, dear. The more. millions and millions of listeners. The millions. The listener. Um, hello, hello, single person. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us again. This has been episode six. Please tune in again next week to hear the rest of our second series. Take care now. Bye bye.